It's that time of the week again. It's that time when the latest episode of Digital Kill the Radio Star drops. Drop! It's time to waste another hour or so with David and Chris as they spout out more of their worthless music knowledge. It's time to hear them discuss the music of their youth. As well as the music of today. So kick back, relax, and have some fun with David and Chris. Digital Kill the Radio Star starts right now. (laughs) Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Digital Kill the Radio Star. If uh, you all haven't forgotten, my name is David, and I have my buddy Chris here, and it has been a long time, Chris, and it's just since it's... First of all, it's been a long time since we've done one, but it's been a long time since it's just been you and me. About seven months, I think. Yeah, long time. Well, see, David's become kind of this little snob. He goes and does his own little uh, Black Crows podcast, and he leads me out to the side. So I'm used to being the you know the outcast, but man, it, we all, all good. We've done like 140 episodes, you and me. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. Uh, how, how have you been? Well, so what's up? You enjoying you enjoying the weather? Yeah, Chris. I mean, the heat. I'm just. I'm. I told everybody at work. I'm gonna be cranky for the next couple of months. I'm going underground. You won't see me at outside uh, functions till about mid September. <laughs> you know, if it gets if it gets hotter in my house than about seventy, like I get grumpy and I start, you know, breaking down. Yeah, you know, people that that listen to this and don't know <laughs> Southern region, they probably think we're just being whiny little bitches, but it's a different. It sucks. And we had, we had, this has been the best summer, spring, whatever you want to call it. I can absolutely remember, but man, when it got hot, damn, it got hot. It got hot quick. This weekend's the hottest I can ever remember it being before July the 4th. Yeah, it was rough. It was. It was rough. It was rough. Well, other than complaining about the weather, Chris, um, since, since it's been so long since we talked, there's been a... Well, for me, there's been a slew of great releases. I know you were sending me a text the other day saying it just has not been a good year for music for you. Terrible year for me. Absolutely terrible. And I expected 2021 to be a banner year. You know, uh, everybody's stuck at home for at least for several months. And they couldn't tour, so I felt like people were going to be out writing putting out a bunch of records. First of all, there haven't been a lot of records I've been interested in. And what has come out, been disappointed. With a few exceptions. And I'll just start with a couple that I like. The first one that came out that I, I loved, I do love, I shouldn't say loved, is the the Dropkick Murphys album, Turn Up That Dial. You know, you know I'm a fan of theirs, and I think this is their best one since 2011's Going Out in Style. So, best one in 10 years, that's, that's doing something right. And I wore this thing out, man. It was nonstop. I mean, several times a day. 
Yeah, I think it's one of the best records they put out. Um, let's see. Panopticon, they put out a new one. And probably it's it's more straight ahead to the the metal. But uh, it's it's uh, it's good. And it's first song's got it's a more of a it's a stripped down kind of singer songwriter, but then it gets pretty it loses it doesn't have it doesn't have as much of the full bluegrass influence on it, but I, but I still liked it. And then the one that came out, I oh I didn't I, I'm gonna before we get to one that we both like. There is one that came out that I just discovered, and I just discovered the artist. It's a it's a guy who I don't I don't know what his real name is, but he he goes by the moniker um, Amigo and the Devil, and he is singer songwriter kind of a uh, Americana in. What I'm about to say to you, you're probably going to say, I don't want to listen to that. But it, it um, in some ways, it it kind of, you wouldn't hate it like you would a Tom Waits, but it's got kind of that bizarre element, if you know what I'm saying, in some of it. But some of it's just stripped down, just straight ahead, singer-songwriter. Uh, David, I'd highly recommend the, the, this record I'm talking about, the new one. It's called Born Against, and there's a song on it, the last song, called Letter from Death Row amazing song um excellent song what, what kind of music is it well it's like it's a singer songwriter writer americana kind of kind of americana is what i'd say but it's, it's just a little bit more he has a little so- on the bizarre side. he has a song called Dahmer does hollywood <laughs> he's he's different man he's a he's a different cat but this uh here let me pull this up his picture's a little scary too yeah spotify yeah. He, um, and I'm going to be going to see him in October. We'll talk about that in a minute. We'll talk about things we're going to go see. But yeah, Letter from, from Death Row, Another Man's Grave, Murder at the Bingo Hall. It's it's a cool record. And then the new Ryan Adams just came out. And it's early. I texted you this earlier today, and I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but it feels like after a few days and that's not nearly enough time to digest an album, but it feels like it's, it might be one of his better albums. Um, I'm talking, it's like I said to you, this is prisoner level good. And I like every song on it. I think it is excellent. Last year's was good. This is excellent. And outside of those four records, man, I don't really have much. But but I do but I am really looking forward to they um, you know Def Heaven announced a new one it was last Monday they announced it and usually when an album's coming out you know sometimes well Social Distortion's been putting out a new record for about a decade but um, a lot of times when a band's putting out a new album that you you find out maybe a year in advance or so well I didn't even know they were working on one and it's coming out in August and they put out the new single. Last week, later in the week, it's called Grand Mass of Color. And David, I know you even liked this one. It's, um, and I, I was thinking about this today. I think I know why you like it. First of all, it, it doesn't have the, the metal vocals. It doesn't have black metal vocals, straight up clean vocals. But you know what? It finally hit me today. I was listening to it, and I was trying my best to think of, what does this sound like? Who does he sound like? Well, this guy that's screaming like crazy on all the records that you never knew really could sing like this. He reminds me of Davey Havoc in the on the Dream Car album. 
That's true. A little bit lower register. Go. Yeah. Go but, back and listen to it. I will. It's, it's, a, it's a great, I've got, I've got the song saved. And I, I, I told yeah. you, I did some excellent, reading up excellent. on it. It basically said, if you're a fan of the harsh vocals, there's not going to be much on the album for you. Well, um, and I, I, there's something about that, that I love that, that back and forth. You know what I've told as I've described, you, you don't know whether when you're listening to it, it you want to punch somebody one second and the next second you want to ball in a curl up in a ball and cry. It, it's just a, up and down album, like take music they make, and I'm gonna miss. Uh, if they don't have any of that, I'm gonna miss that. But if this album's gonna be like that song, I'll embrace it. I, I love the new song. It's got a little bit of a what goth. You? It's you got, got a little bit of a goth vibe to it. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, that new Ryan Adams, well, man. Some of the new music. That new Ryan Adams. You know, this thing was recorded pre. Me Too issues he had. Um, and from what I understand, it has not been altered or do- or doctored. And so he he recorded it, Wednesdays, and supposedly the next album, I believe, is a double album called Chris, which is going to be dedicated, I guess, to his brother that died recently. And so um, I, I saw where he said he doesn't think he can ever make another album like this. Like he felt thought this was kind of the like his whole career had been building toward this album to some extent. It's like his masterpiece, I guess he feels. Mm-hmm. It's good. Well, man. I wonder why he, I wonder why he didn't put that one out before Wednesdays. I wonder since Wednesdays was kind of the soft acoustic one, he was testing the waters a little bit. If this uh, was yeah, supposed just to, give if, give somebody a taste before. If just this, to see if what the reaction was going to be yeah, like. Yeah, if this one was supposed to be the gym, you know. Yeah, well, I saw he he uh, he posted today. It's uh, number four on rock albums on iTunes. It's really so I mean, it's it like, it's, yeah. it's my album of the year so far. You know, you know, I would probably have to agree with that so far. Who knows, Def Heaven type records they put out may put that. Put them at number one, but right now I'd go with Ron Adams. And but man, I don't have a lot. You and that, probably, you that, probably do. That new Dinosaur Junior album is phenomenal. I love it. And I, I just recently got into them because we have an old college friend that ruined that band for me by constantly blaring it on 10, 10 and 12 hours at a time. And, you know, you never need to crank Dinosaur Junior. Only Jr. you're living all over me, though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It doesn't exist post, post 87. First four songs, if you're living all over me, and that's it. Yeah, the first four songs could be the best four, first, first, the best four songs in the history of music, according to him. But no, I really, I really <laughs> like it. Now, I, I see online that a lot of the diehards really hate the mix of it because the uh, the guitars are down. I forget who it was. Somebody famous produced it. Kurt Vile. Kurt Vile yeah. produced it, and so, but I really like it. Um, and I've been trying, I'm trying to get, I am getting into their other stuff, but their catalog is so massive that like, that's not a fast dive. But I, I'm surprised at how much I like it. I liked it okay. I didn't just fall in love with it. I didn't hate it. Because I did listen to it because I knew you liked it so much. Yeah, so I got that. And then um, the new Blackberry Smoke album is really, really good. I, I read where the week it came out, they moved the most physical units of anybody in the country. Uh Luckily, luckily, I got to go see them about a month or so ago. Um, 
just I, and I, I went with Matt Slocum, who is not to name drop or anything, but he was in the Magpie Salute and a bunch of he's in Railroad Earth and stuff. He and I went together, and like he leaned up to me and said, "Man, there's not a weak link in that band." They it took me a while to get into them because sometimes a little the country stuff early on kind of turned me off, but and they're real big in the Crows community, and I just never really got into them until I saw them live about four or five years ago and they're definitely like a top 10 live band i've ever seen but yeah i saw them i've got tickets to see the black crows in birmingham uh i was not gonna go to this i got my refund last year and i honestly i wasn't probably wasn't gonna go to this tour i was gonna do it spur of the moment but um sven pippian who was their longtime bassist who i've become friends with he got he got invited back into the fold and so i'm gonna go see him in birmingham and then um, looks like I'm going to go see Jason Isbell here. And then, uh, Santana just got announced for here. I think I'm going to go to that. I really would like to see Santana. Ugh. And then, uh, Santana. do you, well, I just think, I mean, yeah, hey, I, Santana. I hear he's so good live. I just want to, I want to go see him, but, uh, American Aquarium's coming here at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. You got to go? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a game time decision on that. I, man, I, I feel like I've spent... So much money recently on on music and music related stuff. Even though, like for a year, you know, I didn't really get to do that. But, um, yeah, I'm thinking about maybe trying to go to one of those Guns N' Roses Mammoth WVH shows. Speaking of Mammoth WVH, um, I like the album. I think it's good. But my gosh, your first album out, you did all the backing vocals, you played every instrument, and you wrote every song. Kid got good DNA, yeah. and what I think's impressive. I haven't, I haven't listened to it. What I think's impressive. I, I do plan to. Well, what I think's impressive. It does not sound anything like Van Halen. At all, there is no. What there, I've heard doesn't. There's no Van Halen. I've listened to every song. There's nothing that sounds like Van Halen. There's a song or two, honestly, kind of sound like Tool. Have some of those like tempos, you know, that in rhythms that Tool's known for. But, I mean. You know, and he hasn't his first his first full gig is going to be opening for Guns N' Roses, and all the yeah, people all on listening to that album, it, it, and all the people he's got in the band, they're going to be playing live are all professionals. Um, I think it's one or two guys from Slash's band, and I forget who the other ones are, but yeah, I mean he's had a traumatic year and. Apparently the album was done in 2017, and because Eddie was so sick, he didn't want to release it. Hmm. Well, I guess it kind of makes sense that Slash's band would be some of those would be in if he's opening for Guns N' Roses. I mean, that's a nice little connection. He gets Slash still gives his guys a gig. Yeah, it's a good way to still make sure they're employed. Well, I saw where Wolfie said basically it was Axel's call. Uh, I think everybody knows that. <laughs> Um, I mean, if people can people can say how important Duff and, and Izzy are, or Duff and, and uh, Slash are, but it's it's Axel. That thing's not happening without him. No. Nah. What shows but, do you uh, have coming up? Well, I've got this Sunday over at uh, Hernando's Hideaway, Reverend Horton Heat and Dale Watson are playing a show together. So I'm sure it's sold out by now. I uh, was able to, with a friend of mine, his uh, he and Scarly seeing and my girlfriend and I we're gonna go to that we're gonna go to that show. Um, looking forward to that. Always good seeing Dale Watson and the Rev is just of course amazing. And then so that's Sunday and then Wednesday I've got American Aquarium 
And I would recommend you go to that because they're, they really are such a good live band. I mean, talk about the money that you spent. Man, I bought two tables at Lafayette's. Two tables. And I think I paid about 120 bucks for the two tables, eight seats. So you're not. My point is, you're not going to pay more than fifteen, twenty bucks to go see them, right? And they're great, but they're playing. They're playing uh, next Wednesday, so I'm going to that. And then late September at Lafayette's as well. I'm going to go see Sunvolt. And yeah, I saw them on their last tour. And even though I didn't like the record, the 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 show was so great being in Lafayette's. And I do like the first two singles of that Sunvolt record. So it's showing promise. Yeah, there's only been one song Volt record that I didn't like, and that was the last one. So hopefully that was just a, a one-off dud. But um, then in October, I've got Billy Idol going to see him doing a residency over in Vegas. And then in late October, I'm going to see, I've got tickets already for the guy I was talking about, Amigo and the Devil, and Hank Four is going to be opening. Hank Four? Yes. Yes. Three Son. Coleman Williams, yeah, he's uh he's put out there's I think two different songs that are, you can find on YouTube. I, I guess they're probably you can probably stream them, and I would say more like his dad than he is his granddad or his great granddad, and uh, it's, it's pretty cool. I would really like to go see him. He's going to be playing um at he's going to be playing a show at Hernando's, but I'm not going to be in town for it. That'd be his own full show, but I'm still going to at least see see him and this guy that I'm really into now, Amiga the Devil. But um, that check it out though. I know it sounds weird, but at least at least listen to uh, at least listen to Letter from Death Row. I think you'll like it. I really do. Really, really good song. Um, yeah. The only other thing I have really have music I I read earlier in the year, but we we never talked about it on this podcast. I've talked about before the, of course, you, you know, I love the band, the Airborne Toxic event. And Mikel Jolet, I talked about this when the album Hollywood Park came out. Uh, I talked about how it came out last year and I talked about it was a companion piece to a book that he wrote. He supposedly had been working this book for years. And um, it's one of the best books I've ever read. And, and I'm, and I, I mean that, I'm not just exaggerating. And I guess if you're listening to us, you are a music fan. So you do not have to be a music fan at all because I'd say 10% of it is probably on his band. If that now he does have mentions throughout the book of his fascination with David Bowie and the cure and the Smiths and all that. But it's a really, really interesting story. If you, Dave, do you ever seen the movie, um, this boy's life? Mm Mm-mm has Robert De Niro and DiCaprio when he was young. Mm-mm. Well, that was a true story about a kid that just had a tough childhood and overcame everything, beat the odds. And that's kind of what this is. He, he grew up until he was about five years old. He was grown up in a cult called Synanon and it's out in California. And they, they had the kids in a separate building in this compound that they had and all the adults and they didn't want them to be raised by their parents. And they were going to be raised to be children of the universe. So I think once they were six months, I think, they would take them into this essential, essentially an orphanage. And then they had the parents. They started splitting them all up, making them get divorces and marry other people. 
some really wacky, wacky stuff. And goes without. And then his mom, when once they did, his mom suffered from the from mental illness, and it wasn't the easiest upbringing, but it has a happy ending. And I cannot recommend it enough. Again, the book's called Hollywood Part. Mikhail Jolay. Don't have to be a fan of him, of music, of the band, anything. You just want a good read, um, an emotional read, but with a happy ending. That's the book for you. Sounds semi-terrifying. It's, I, 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 I I really, you ought to read it. It's, it's so good. Um, It's sad, but there's a lot of happiness too. And the way he turns out, I mean, the guy ended up graduating, graduating with honors from Stanford and basically was, he basically was a, yeah, he got a scholarship. He, He basically was a, did a job we would have loved to do was a music critic going and viewing shows, getting to interview some of his heroes. And he was asking guys like Robert Smith, essentially how to start a band. The guy had never even been a band in a band until he started the Airborne Toxic event. Yeah, I remember you saying that when we were doing our year-end awards. Yeah, outstanding book. All right, so what I thought we we would do today, I thought would be fun. We've never done this. So I thought we would both list our top ten, and talk a little bit about each one, our top ten, our current top ten bands. If somebody were to say, hey, what are your top ten bands of all time as of right now? Um, what they would be. And before we do each one, Chris and I try to predict the person's top ten. So, to see how well we know each other, Chris. It's kind of like the newlywed game. So, what do you want to do? Do you want, do you want, do you want to just go listen and write them down and then, I'll, as I, and then I go through my list and I'll tell you what you got wrong, what you didn't, and then how, how are we going to do it? All right, so I'm, you're going to go first. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you beforehand the ten bands I think you picked. You don't tell okay. me. You don't. You just tell me how many I got right, and then we'll go through each of yours. How's that sound? Sounds good. All right. No, uh, in no order. Social Distortion, Gaslight Anthem, Airborne Toxic Event, Iron Maiden, The Misfits, Uncle Tupelo, REM. Life of Agony, Billy Idol, and Elvis Presley. Man, you didn't do as good as you thought you would. Really? How many did I get? David would, David was telling me he was going to get like seven or eight of these. He really thought he had the top ten. And um, no, you got six. Now that's I, the bet yeah. was seven, so I'm only off by one. It's not. It's not like I went one for ten. <laughs> Okay, let me just start by, you got a couple of them that easily could go in. Now, we got to go by, like you said, what is current for us, and some of it's going to be the longevity, I think, well, the, the mat, I don't know how to say it, they, they put out more albums, more, let me just get to it. Um, All right, before we start, so the, what's at what place did he fall in there man you stole my joke i was one heat all right heat and kiss go ahead yeah 
anybody, if you want to listen to a, a really, really, really terrible band that somehow guys that love like 80s hair metal and all like, check out the band Heat. Um, and you'll hate us for telling you to listen to it. So <laughs> anyway, okay. Um, number 10, Life of Agony. Now, there you might think, why are they all the way down at 10? Because so much of that does come from a, a very young age, and they really weren't active for many, 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 many years. And they just got really to, to rolling in about the last five, maybe four. So, um, but it's one of those bands that I, they're never going to, I'm never going to stop listening to them. Just like what I said to Joey Z. That was sincere. I wouldn't just say that because we had the opportunity to talk music with him, talk about his band. I'm never going to stop listening to these guys. I love the band. And the thing about them is, as I told Joey there, I love the way that they can continue to evolve musically. And I still like it. They like all of their albums. And yeah, there's that part of me that loves that nostalgia of the, first three records but the last two records well you know sound of scars last year was uh well, i don't even remember what i had it I, I know i had it in my top three of albums of the year so i loved it um number nine this will be your first miss i i had to go again off of what i listened to today and i put american aquarium in there uh, I love this band. Uh, first couple of records uh, don't do a whole lot for me, but now they just, it's one, to me, one great record after another. Um, anybody who's still not aware of them, they are Americana, but they're a rock and roll band too. And I can't remember what it was, but somebody tweeted about American Aquarium and this was several months ago I saw it and he said something like this is it's a uh, American Aquarium is a redneck gaslight anthem and I thought yeah that's a really good comparison because it's there's some similarities a lot of similarities but BJ Barham has a very twangy country voice and he's a self-admitted redneck you know I'm not making fun of him that's what he'll tell you he is Number eight comes in probably much lower than you would have expected. But again, this list can change in 10 minutes. So just ask me in 10 minutes. It'll probably be different. I did this based off what I listen to now. I Just like Life of Agony, I don't listen to them as much, but I still love all those records. I put in REM, number eight. But they still make that top 10. Number seven is your second miss that you may have thought, wow, I didn't think you put them that high. This will show you just how much I love the band, Death Heaven. I put them in there. Again, it's how much I listen to them. I, I love the band, and Sunbather is one of my favorite albums. And we, Dave and I have talked about them a lot. We just talked about them 10 minutes ago. If you have not heard us before, if this is the first time, or you've heard us and you've never tried out Death Heaven, if you listen to the new song, you may think, wow, this is really cool. This has got that nice uh, shoegaze sound. Well, that's you get some of that in their earlier records, but you get that mixed with 
post metal black metal type sound. So it's uh, it's an interesting listen listen, but uh, just I just love the band and I can't wait. That's the, uh, without question my most anticipated album of the year. Number six, you got this one right, but you may be surprised that it's number six. You might would I kind of feel like you might would think number five and six are, are flipped. But number six, I put the Gaslight Anthem. And we talked about them, of course, a lot. But I do love them. But when I look at number five, the quality of every single album, no, just basically not having weak tracks. Well, although I don't know that I think Gaslight Anthem has weak tracks, but I feel like the Airborne Toxic event has kind of gone above for me. I really could flip those right now if I wanted to. But when I made the list, that's where I put their Airborne Toxic event. Because I just listen to them all the time. And that's that was a lot of my how I came up with this list. Who am I listening to the most? Number four, Uncle Tupelo. The next one, I'm surprised you missed this one. Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. That, yeah, that's bad on my part. Yeah, I'm surprised that that one that one I would have said I would have thought for sure you had seven because I thought you had that number two. I thought there was a very good chance you would get this one. Not shocked that you didn't get it like I was Springsteen, but this one's a little surprising. Number two, again, it's going off of what I listened to, and two of their albums are in my top twenty. They may both be in my top ten. Slaughter albums ever. Slaughter absolutely. The Afghan Wigs, you know, Gentlemen in Black Love, they're both in my top 20 albums. They have to be. That alone puts puts you up there. And then number one, Social Distortion. Now, I will say on your list, Iron Maiden, that's a good guess. And they're not going to be very far down on this. The Misfits, again, another great guess. The thing about the Misfits is it's almost like a collective of the Misfits and Doyle doing his own thing, the Michael Graves stuff. I know it's not one, but if I'm going off just Misfits, there's just not a lot of recordings that they did, at least not with the original Misfits. But they are high up there. They're very, very high. But And I do listen to them all the time. You can, I can tell you right now I'll probably listen to them more than I have R.E.M. or Uncle Tupelo in the last year. But R.E.M. and Uncle Tupelo have been with me much longer. Why not Billy Idol and Elvis? Well, so Billy Idol was my first love, really, of music. Okay, so I always say Elvis was the first one who ever really grabbed my attention as a kid. And Elvis was the first, and then Billy Idol was the first one who just ever, that really, truly hooked me. But I love listening to Elvis. I think he, I've said before, he's probably the coolest man who ever lived. But I don't listen to Elvis a ton. I really like his music. I do. But I like him a lot, but I wouldn't put him as one of my favorites. Billy Idol, the first three albums, the self-title, Rebel Yell, Whiplash Smile, they're such, such good records, all three of them. And then he put he put out some 
with the charm life was pretty good. Didn't have Steve Stevens, but I still really, really liked it. I love the remix album he did, Vital Idol. And then the album before the last one that he put out, Devil's Playground, was incredible. But he is somebody I love, and he's that introduction to music. Okay, here's what I, I, I'm, I'm rambling, but here's the way I feel about Billy Idol. He is not the same kind of music, but kind of in the way that you or I are going to talk about. We always say our gateway drugs like Motley Crue and Poison and all that. He has that element of nostalgia that's always going to be with me. And I'm so looking forward to seeing him in Vegas. Be my first time to ever see him live. But one of the most important, for sure, uh, and the first one who truly, truly grabbed me in music. So it's not a bad guess. But that's what I came up with today. Ask me tomorrow. It may be different. And it most certainly would probably be a different ranking. But I... For those listening, David threw this on me about an hour and a half before we did this, rank them. And so if I was doing this for a full week and listening to records, whatever, that would probably make it different. But in a way, I kind of like the way David did it to me. Just throw it on me last minute and see what you come up with. And that's what I came up with. All right. Guess my top ten. All right. The Black Crows. Oasis. Drive-by truckers. Pink Floyd. This is one that um, I never would have thought I'd be saying this, but I think The Cure has popped into your top ten. Def Leppard. This is where it gets tough for me. There's one band I almost put in instead, but... You know what? Okay, I'm going to go Metallica, Gaslight, Marcus King Band, and this is the really tough one for me. It can go either one of two ways. Based off the stuff you just said earlier, you didn't act like you just loved them, but you liked Blackberry Smoke, so I'm going to go Guns N' Roses. That's your 10? Yeah. You got six. Okay, we tied then. All right, so here we go. My 10 through 4 are completely interchangeable. Completely. And for the record, I don't mean to interrupt you, Mm -hmm. but I feel pretty good about that top three, Social D, Afghan Wigs, Springsteen. Yeah, my top three is set in stone. But then after that, yeah, flip a coin. Really flip a coin. All right, here's the first one you missed. Number 10, Tom Petty. Uh love me some Tom Petty. And okay. I come to appreciate him more and more the older I get, to be honest with you. But I think that's what it is. You've never been a massive Tom Petty fan. I've you always really I've always liked the hits until about 10 years ago and I started getting into like the catalog. Mm-hmm. And so Tom Petty number 9, Ryan Adams. <clears throat> uh Cold Roses is like a top 5 album of all time for me. Uh I thought about that. I did think about Ryan Adams. He was I considered that. Does he need an editor? Yes. Does he put out too much stuff? Yes. But mixed in and all that is a lot of really high quality stuff. And uh, like you said, Prisoner was really good. This album, I thought the self-titled album album was really good too. The one excellent, yeah, excellent. Record. All right, number eight, The Cure. Um, 
I'm sitting here looking at about four or five hundred dollars worth of vinyl of theirs. Um, I love them more and more every day. Um, in a year, they may be a lot higher than eight. Um, just a phenomenal band. Robert Smith said there's two albums done. They're ready to go. He's gonna. Uh, he said in about six weeks he'll make an announcement when they're coming out. One he said is extremely dark, and one's not so dark. So, um, the one will be happy, sad. Yeah. <laughs> All right, number seven is Widespread Panic. That's the band that got me into jam band music. Uh, that love, shocks me. I love going to see them. Um, two of their studio albums, I think, are just completely top-notch, top-shelf stuff. Um, love that band. Number six, Gaslight Anthem. Uh, you got me into them and The Cure. Um, I should have put Gaslight Anthem slash Brian Fallon because his solo stuff is so good. Um and uh, but that that is a band that I really really like. They have just really really grabbed me. Number five, Metallica. As I get older, I like Metallica more and more. Um, matter of fact, I think last year, other than The Cure, they were the second most listened to group for me uh, on Spotify. Um, I listen to Master of Puppets a lot. Uh, I love Death Magnetic. I love the Black Album. Um, Ride the Lightning are all really good albums. Number four, this shouldn't shock anybody, Oasis. Uh, I don't know what it is about these guys, but man, I just love them. Um, I think they came along at a time and really kind of shook rock and roll up. And You can argue for a year or two there, they were the biggest band in the world. Um, maybe not over here, but if they were to get back together right now, they would do soccer stadiums all over the world. Uh, not to mention... Those two knuckleheads are the two best followers on Twitter that there is. Um, They're comedians that don't intend to be. <laughs> yeah. My favorite line from Noel was, I used to like my mom until she had Liam. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number three, Pink Floyd. Um, this is a band that just has meant so much to me uh, in so many different parts of my life. Um, the Wall... I'm not actually as high on the wall as a lot of other people, but Dark Side of the Moon, Wish You Were Here, and Animals are just top-shelf albums. Uh, Metal, I think, is a really good album of theirs. It kind of was what launched them into their successful th um, part of their career, but I never get tired of listening to them. And they're, they're, for me, an album band. I don't pick songs. I just put the album on, whether it's vinyl or CD or in Spotify. Number two, The Rolling Stones. Um... I mean, I don't know what else you can say about them than, than they're the Stones. And I, I get deeper. The deeper and deeper I get into their catalog, the more and more I like them. Um, recently, they re, they remastered and re, remixed some of their old albums, and I bought those. And um, songs that I would passed over in the past, like off Tattoo You, the song Slave. Um, there's some songs on um, uh, Some Girls I, I gained a new appreciation for. Um, Exile on Main Street is one of my favorite albums of all time. So is Sticky Fingers. Goat's Head Soup, I think, is one of the most underrated albums of the 70s. Um, I could just listen to them all day. I've got several playlists on Spotify, like Studio Stones, Later Day Stones, Early Stones, <laughs> Live Stones. Um, just a, a band that I just absolutely love. And I mean, obviously, they're coming to the end of the road, but I was lucky enough to get to see them twice. So I'm thankful for that. And then. This is no surprise. Number one, um, the Black Crows. Um, they will never not be number one. They have, uh, 
they've gotten me through some hard, hard, hard times in my life. And um, I could talk about them all day. Obviously, I have a podcast for them, so I'm not going to spend too much time on them. But um, as they said about them in the 90s, uh, the most rock and roll, rock and roll band. And your boy Tracy Guns recently, did you see that tweet he put out about them? Mm-hmm. He said he was going back and listening to the Stones, and he was just like, tell me there was a better band in the 90s. He said, that's rock and roll. Um, anyway, so that's my top 10. Um, Wait, you said you said he, Tracy said that about? The Black Crows? Crows, yeah. Oh, you said the Stones. Oh, yeah, sorry, Black, the Black Crows. Um, my honorable mentions were the Drive-By Truckers. Um, my morning jacket, if this had been five years ago, would have been really high up, but man, their last three or four albums just have done nothing for me. And and they're so sporadic with their touring and releasing albums. When it comes to them, there's really three and a half albums that I really, really like. The other stuff may have one or two songs. And there's a couple of people I know that listen to this podcast are going to get upset about that. But um, let's see. My Morning Jacket, Blackberry Smoke, Drive-By Truckers. Um, You could throw probably Government Mule in there. I'm just kind of looking around my room. Um, the, after that, it just gets kind of murky with a lot a lot of bands that I like. But that's my top ten. So you got six. Hey, we both had Gaslight at six. Yeah. You know, the, what surprised me, so Rod Adams was in, I, I did consider that one. I really did consider that. The Drive-By Truckers is the most shocking miss that I got. Mm-hmm. You know, it sounds like you were really shocked by the Misfits. But they would absolutely be the honorable mention because they, on my list, they're like one of the ones when you're, you know, you say like that four through 10 is really tough, whatever. Mm-hmm. Honestly, you could probably take that back about the 13, 14. Right. Where you could put in. And so they didn't make it this time, but they're up there. And, but I was surprised by the drive by truckers. The Rolling Stones, yeah, I probably should have got that one. Um, I don't feel like I had any, the only miss that I felt like was, I don't feel like there was any that is, on your list is like how in the world did i miss that this <laughs> look at whereas like east bruce springsteen i think is that way for you with me it's like how did you miss right. that one i don't think i had that but i probably should have got the stones i probably should have got ron adams drive-by truckers absolutely shocks me that's not in there and i was surprised oasis wasn't two or three and you know, Rolling Stones, I, I love them too. You know, I do love their music. I, I'm not going to put them as one of the top, and I, I like just about all those those records you were naming. But when you talk how much you love Goathead Soup as far as underrated, there's a lot of people that are going to agree with you on that one. My underrated albums, most of the people are going to think I'm an idiot. Well, one of them. Some people like Black and Blue. I love Black and Blue. And I really like Emotional Rescue. I think it's a good album. I think it's a really good album. You're in the minority on that one. That's a good album. I like it. (laughs) I do like it. But, uh, no, I, yeah, I I, I I told you before, I said I felt good about six or seven of yours, and I got six. So. Man, I toyed toyed with putting The Cure at like five or six. But I was like, no, I haven't listened to them long enough. Yeah, and I don't have any new band like that on mine and for david they're new as in he just has only been listening to him for about a year and maybe a little over a year and um with me 
I would say probably the newest band for me would probably be, it's gotta be Death Heaven. Heaven. Yeah. Yeah, and American Aquarium right behind that. Because Death Heaven has now been for about three to four years. I've been into them for about three to four years now. And they're the they're the newest, and then American Aquarium's probably been... Yeah, that's one where it feels like it hasn't been as long as it has, but when I think about it, it's probably been six or seven years that I've been into them. So it's it's definitely been longer, but the other ones I've been into for a while. Especially... If, like, if I got you what? to name your ten, the ten worst bands of all time, what would they be? That would be fun. And where would Heat ranking that? Oh, man. So this is tough because because I don't know if um because most people don't know who they are and they're a newer band, but based off of what I've heard, as far as bands that have like some kind of popularity, they're one of the worst I've ever heard, for sure. Because remember you and I were looking at this some kind of festival or cruise or something, and they were going on before Faster Pussycat. I mean, after Faster Pussycat. It's like, what world do we live in, people? Have we gone crazy? I mean, is this a bizarro world? I mean, seriously, that's like getting some neighbor's garage band down the street to, and have social distortion go on before them. Yeah, I mean, Heat is like, it's absolute dog shit. I mean, I can't help it. It is. I mean, they have a song called Rock Your Body. <laughs> that alone should have them doing five to ten. <laughs> I mean, wow. <laughs> and, I mean, the lyrics, people always goof on on that Chad Kroger or mm-hmm. Kruger, whatever his name is, from Nickelback, about how he's a terrible songwriter. He's Bob Dylan compared to Heat. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the Heat singer just sits there and idolizes, if only I could write like Chad. <laughs> Um, but, uh, let's see. You got to put I'll, Dave Matthews band in there. You know, I, there was a time when I liked them, but I, most of us did when we went through, when we were in college, but I won't argue against that when you put them in there now, because I can't listen to it anymore. So even though it's not the band that comes to my mind, because you always, because I did listen to them at one time when you actually say it to me, I, it's hard to argue it. Um, I think you got to put autograph in there. Um, <laughs> um, Crocus. Crocus has got to be in there, right? <laughs> got to be. Puddle of Mud. Oh, yeah, that's a bad one. That's a really bad Based one. Based on the About a Girl cover only. <laughs> I saw them, I saw them one time, man, when I tell you they were bad. They opened, I think, for Kid Rock during their heyday, like when that Blurry was out. Well, that 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 Nirvana cover is that the one that he did? You said about a girl's one. That was, man, that was bad. That was one of the worst covers I've ever heard in my life. If you ever wanted to hear what it's like for pigs to be slaughtered, <laughs> and um, I, I read where he tried to defend it. Yeah, he did. And like so the other guys in the band, or you can tell, are just like staring at the floor. Hey, I got um, totally off the subject when you're talking about trying to defend himself. 
right, maybe the biggest nutcase in um in music is Sebastian Bach. Um, he, he he's he's a contender for the the craziest in all of music, and I used to always say. Skid, I've said for years, Skid Row, what are they doing not getting him back? They could open for Guns N' Roses because he gun, Axel is like one of, uh, seems to be one of Sebastian's only friends. And he'd take them out, they'd open, they'd be huge. They could play, you know, these these summer festivals and all. They could be headliners. They could do great. They could make a ton of money. But you know what? I get it. If I got, if, if I'm just going to be rolling in, in a van, making 50 grand a year, 60 grand, however much those guys make, it's worth it than having to play, make the money they would make with Sebastian. That guy's a lunatic. Anyway, right before you called, I, I was reading on a metal, on metal sludge and somebody is just, just taken into to the woodshed talking about how he didn't write any of their music and he's doing typical Sebastian, just going nuts. And Man, I'm not kidding. He uh, he says on there that he the um, the high notes that he did in on that album he wrote those. Yeah, exactly. He's saying he wrote the high notes, <laughs> so he wants the credit as a songwriter. You know that whole album was recorded with another singer. Yeah, and he says, but he, I'm not kidding. He says he, I'm trying to find where he says this, because this is really good. Um, oh, this is good. Uh, I wrote I wrote the song Making a Mess and every single high note on the first Skid Row record when I, was, when I was 19 years old. You think anybody wrote the screams in 18 in life other than me? Why don't you go listen to the guy before me sing it on YouTube and go shove that video up your ass? So, anybody saying Sebastian didn't write on that first album, you're crazy. He wrote those screams. That's right. Because you know what? Snake Savo once sent me an email, and it had the lyric sheet. And on 18 in Life, it got to a point. It says, insert scream. SB. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's like a drummer wanting credit. Because they added... Cowbell. Yeah, or they, they decided to hit... You know, the, the Tom at a certain moment, they decided to give it a double bass and say, I get song credit. It's not the way it works. But nutcase. All right, yeah, so I, let's get back to some more bad bands because this gets you riled <laughs> up. Uh, sure. Let's see. Uh, we said Puddle of Mud. We said Dave Matthews. Who else did we say? Heat. They may, Heat. Take, they may take the cake. Crocus. Um, Crocus. Crocus um, makes you want to croak. <laughs> I guess what it is. You gotta hey, put you gotta put that twenty one dragons in there. Is that what? No, no, you're getting two shitty bands mixed up. Um, and I'm embarrassed to say that I know this. I don't listen to them, but it's it's imagine imagine dragons. dragons. Yeah, it's twenty one something. Okay, yeah, imagine there, dragons. There is there is a twenty one. I don't know what the other one is, but yeah, no, that that's bad. Uh. Maroon Five, yes. There's a bad one. Yes. Um, I mean Adam Levine will make you want to drive off a cliff. Trickster. No, no. I'm just trying I, to get. I'm just trolling some people. Yeah, I mean that. I look. They're not in the top hundred bands. They they may not be in the. They're probably not in the top five. They're definitely not in the top five hundred. But 
that first record had a few songs that I, that nostalgia in me likes to listen to. But as far as new band, you know, there, there's. I guess we don't know of a lot of the other new bands that are out there doing stuff, but but we only knew of them, and I only listened to Heat because all these guys we know that do these podcasts are raving about them. So you and I obviously wanted to go see what we were missing, and uh, we were missing we were Rock missing Your Body. A, we were missing a laugh. Hold on, hold on. Let's look this up. Let's get. We're gonna get some song titles. <laughs> And it's H period, E period, A period, T period. Yeah, heat won't come up like that. They, I have to do. Uh, sorry, they're not big enough just to type in without the periods. Okay, here we go. Heat. All right. So we'll go with the last record. Oh, Rise now has a Kenny Lacrimo Lacrimo version. Just in case you want to hear that version. Um, okay, Heat, I'm going to go off the one that came out last year, it's the album's Heat 2, that's what it's called, Rock Your Body, Dangerous Ground, Come Clean, <laughs> Victory, We Are Gods, Adrenaline, One by One, Nothing to Say, Here Comes a Good Ballad, it's got, this has got to be a ballad, Heaven Must Have Won an Angel. <laughs> Under the gun, rise. <laughs> hey, can we play Heat on the way out? <laughs> they, they might actually come after us. <laughs> let's, let's play Rock Your Body on the way out. <laughs> hey, seriously, anybody listen to this, seeing this goof on them, we have friends that listen to us, and they're probably going to think this is funny. At least I hope they're not taking too much offense to it. But... Anybody who hasn't heard of them, go go listen to it. <laughs> Tell us we're wrong. <laughs> listen to Rock Your Body. We'll spike their numbers. And they're opening. Like, our faster Pussycat has to go on before them. And there were a couple other bands of, of, of Pussycat caliber that are going on before. Oh, man. It's the world we live in, Chris. I know. By the way, off topic before we go, I'm not done with the book. I'm halfway through. But that... Um, Nothing but is it nothing but a good time? That book about eighties hair metal. I'm not sure. I think it's called Nothing But a Good Time. It's one where it's uh, it's it's written like um, Please Kill Me, the punk book, where it's just different people that were in the scene one after another, and it's kind of it's, it's going in order. <clears throat> like it started, it started with um, that late seventies push, and then it has um, bands like Quiet Riot and Motley Crue and Rat and Wasp. Twisted Sister, all those bands, and now I'm where uh, Warrant is a um, on the scene, uh, and right now it's uh, which I didn't realize these bands <clears throat> were all so tight and like, running together. But Faster Pussycat, L.A. Guns, Guns and Roses, and um, Jet Boy, those are like the four bands were all kind of in the same circle and that a little bit edgier type. And then you had the Poisons and the Warrants and all that. It's a good book. Can we put Sleazebees in there? Hell, they may be mentioned in it. Uh, oh, you mean in Worst? Yeah. No, just because that... Uh, um, something about Paradise or whatever. I can't... I can't remember what it's called. I, I like that song. I can't help it. What about Killer Dwarfs? Oh, I don't know enough to say anything. Me either. I just always find that 
that name funny. It pops up on Hair Nation. They pop up on Hair Nation every now and then. By the way, when we talk about some of these old bands in Warrant, um, which Warrant actually, it's it's the full lineup minus the singer. They can't help it. Their singer's dead. And I think Robert Mason does a really good job. And uh, he does a really good job. He's a really good vocalist. But I would go see that. But this tour that they're doing, the opening acts, Vixen and Autograph. They could have got Does Autograph better. sing Turn Up the Radio? Yes. And, it, and Vixen's it, famous it, because Richard Marks wrote a song for him. All I know is that Turn Up or Turn Up, does it Turn Up the Radio? Turn, turn Up the Radio? Is that what it is? Yeah. Or turn that's one of the worst songs of the whole entire era. <laughs> that song should have killed the, the genre. Forget Kurt Cobain. That should have killed it. But, um, yeah, it's like, okay, there's so many like bands that are lower tier that they could have got out and had open for them rather than those two. You, you wouldn't have to look that far. They could have gotten Trickster. They're old buddies. If Trickster's still active, but you could, you, they definitely could have... They probably could have done a package deal with L.A. Guns or Faster Pussycat. Enough's enough. They could have done something. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, anyway, this was actually a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. I didn't realize you were so passionate about (laughs) these bands that you hate. You're more passionate about that than you are the ones you love. (laughs) Well, sometimes it just surprises me. But you know what? I always say music is subjective. So all those guys that love heat... If they put on their Airborne Toxic event, they'd probably just bash it and say what terrible crap it is. I get that. And Or if they put on American Aquarium, or especially if they put on Death Heaven, um, or one Afghan. Of, one of my favorite things yeah. ever was on Fire Hell. When they all listened to Death Heaven and, and BC was like... You know, I don't really know what to think about it. All of a sudden, I was like, eh, that sounds pretty good. And then all I hear is, wiki, 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 Oh, man. Anyway. I, I just think when I think of BC, I think of that one, <laughs> that one night. They were actually Dark talking about that on um, one recently, uh, about how, like, <laughs> if we just would have had a... Uh, a microphone going that night in the hotel down in the lobby. Like it would have been podcast of the year. And the way I kept you going, even when we weren't around them, I'd keep. It's the hardest I've ever laughed in my, I was legitimately, my abs were sore the next day. (laughs) It's the hardest I've ever laughed for that long of a period of time. And to BC, I'd like to dedicate, if somebody wants to go hear a great ballad, they're supposedly big cock did a great one. Yeah. (laughs) So band called big cock. (laughs) <laughs> anyway well everybody thanks for hanging in there with us i promise it won't be this long before the next one and uh well let's see we've kind of been trying to concentrate more on um interviews but this one was a lot of fun maybe we can come up with some more topics like i said i think we've done about 140 episodes sometimes it can be hard to come up with topics yeah well, we talked about one that we could possibly do in the next coming weeks yeah so we'll be back sooner rather than later, and, and hopefully we'll have some more interviews lined up for you. So uh, thanks for sticking with us. Take care, everybody.